The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Babakama has been generously sponsored in our Dafyumi program by our good friend and patron and charter member of our Dafyumi class, Siyahu Ashar HaKohen and his dear wife, Rina, that Dazat Hashem, they will have continued Hatzlacha, Harvacha, Bechol, Maaseh, Yedehem, Biriut, Health, Happiness, Prosperity, and much Nachat from their children. May they enjoy many years of Shalom, Bayit, uh, Tranquility, and Peace of Mind. Amen, Amen. Amen. We begin today's daf on Samech Aleph Amud Lishon and we're starting from the new Mishnah. Our Mishnah continues to talk about the damages of Ish that a person lit a fire in his own Rishut and it spread into somebody else's Rishut and it caused damage. Avra Gadir Shehu Gavoa Arba'a Amot O Derech Arabim O Nahar Patur That's the whole Mishnah. In the case of Tumar Avay, let's say lit a fire, the fire jumped the fence. The fence was four amot high. O derech harabim. Which means, you had, let's say, the shoot harabim, which is normally 16 amot wide. That's the normal size of a shoot 32 feet wide. So it went across the shoot harabim, and then it went into somebody else's uh, uh, domain. Or, let's say, it passed the nahar, a river. <coughs> and then it went to damage. So in all these cases over there, the person that made the fire is indeed patur, because normally a fire does not pass through these areas and continue. Therefore, there was no way he should have anticipated when he made a fire in his own domain that it's going to pass the shoot to the beam or in the heart or jump the fence of Fu'amot. Therefore, he's considered honest and therefore he's not going to be Hayab. That's the end of the Mishnah. Look at Ashi Derech Rabim. Yaz Amot. Yav Amot. That's 16 Amot like we said. Rabim is learned from the Midbar. If you look at the way the Jewish people travel in the Midbar, with the wagons that carry the Kedashim for the Mishkan, if you measure from wheel to wheel, going across, it was 16 Amot, that teaches us the Shi'ur of the Rishut Rabim, which was the Midbar, where the Jewish people travel. So that's how we know a regular Rishut Rabim is 16 Amot. Now the Gemara begins, we learned in a Braita. <laughs> Oh, if it jumped the fence, that was for Amotai. Yuhayav, that's a stira against our Mishnah Amara Papa. Tanadidan, Karashi, Milmala, Lemata. Shesh Amot, Patur. Hamesh Amot, Patur. Arba Amot, Patur. Tanabaram, Lemata, Lemala, Karashi. Shte Amot, Hayab. Shalosh Amot, Hayab. Ad arba amot hayav. So he comes along and he answers the setira, which means our Tana is calculating milmarla lemata, going from uh, high up milmarla uh, lemata. Six amot, six amot patur, five amot patur, dalit amot patur. This vira le ad ve ad bechlal. That when it says four, it means including four. Six amot, the is very high. Patur. 
Five amot patur. Four amot also patur. Even four amot, because he says, Ad v'ad b'chlal. V'tana barra, v'tana d'brayta, Rashi says, Ka'ashiv milemata lema'la. He's going from down to up. Shte amot, hayav. Shalosh amot, hayav. V'dalir amot, patur d'svira le'ad ve'lo ad b'chlal. Because he holds up in two and not including. So therefore, v'chulan shavin, v'dalir amot patur. Everybody agrees the four words patul etaradidan ad ve'ad bechlal, which means it's inclusive. Ve'tarabara ad ve'lo ad bechlal. It depends where you're going from. If you're going from to high to low, so therefore it's inclusive. Six is patur, five is patur, four also is patur because it's ad ve'ad bechlal. If you're going up, one ama hayav, two ama hayav, three ama hayav. Up to four amot you're going to be hayaf, not inclusive. Right. Okay, and therefore four amot is going to be patur. So the Braita was talking non-including four, which when it says four amot, it meant up to four not including four. Therefore it's three, three and a half, three point nine. But four indeed we believe they're saying the same thing. It's just are they holding ad ve'ad bechlal or ad ve'lo ad bechlal? Again, six, five, four inclusive. For patur or two, three, four, not inclusive. Comes the Gemara and continues. Amaraba, arba amot sheamlu de patur afilu b'sde kotzim. The four amot that we said is even talking about a field that's over the fence is thorns. That she said afilu aita sadesh shekofes the shema ud me'alik and then me'leak kotzim shenoah ha'esh le'ba'ed b'v'ledalik patur. Normally. The, the, the uh, flames are attracted towards the steak kotzim because it's very flammable. They're dry. So therefore the hadush, even if the item that's over the fence is a very flammable item like a steak kotzim, doesn't matter. Still there is going to be a patur. Amar papa umisefat kotzim ulmala arbaamot. Even though from the top of the or from the uh, from the top of the thorns until the uh, fence for the top of the fence uh, has to be for a more right. So you have to measure from the thorns, the top of the thorns, of your to the of the neighbors, to the top of the fence. That's by your field. There has to be a for a difference between that. Okay, that's the dean over there. Otherwise, it's too close. Which means we just said the gear has to be for a mot. Now we're adding. Got to be a little higher than that. It has to be four amot high from the top of the thorns that are on the other side. Something on the thorns? Let's see. Amarav <laughs> another restriction. That which we said that the Ba'ala Ishes Patur is talking about a fight that's kolachat. It's a fight that goes up. A fire that's going shooting up, then already have the four amot rule. Aval, if the wind is blowing where the fire goes on an angle, there's no shi'ud. Even me'a'ama, you're going to be ayah because the, the, the wind causes the fire to go on an angle, and therefore it can even scale uh, the highest wall. So it depends what type of fire. Look at Ashi. Right? El no shi'ud de patur, look at Ashi. It's shooting up. Right. 
the wind causes it to go to the sides. Good. It skips, it jumps, causes it to jump. The second shot is, it's going on the ground. If it's a wind, so it causes the, the fire to go low. So therefore, even if there's 16 amot of the shoot in the middle, it'll be hayab, because it goes across. The wind causes it to run across. So either we're learning about a, a, a fire that is going sideways, so the sideway fire doesn't matter, you have in all these cases, Mashi'enken, uh, a fire is shooting up, um, and also, the second shot is, that that we said they shoot in the middle is patur, that's what we're talking about, a regular fire is going up, Mashi'enken, a fire that's crawling fire, because the wind is causing it, so therefore it's normal for it to go even across 16 about the shoot to, to go to the next guy's Fear the guy is going to be. Since it's getting like herbage and. That's why it gets more fuel. That's yeah, eating, it's eating up the uh, stuff on the ground. That's what she says. Regular wind that's causing it to go Correct, regular winds. Regular wind. Regular wind. She says, It gets fueled by the uh, grass and the twigs that are on the ground. Therefore, it's going to be higher. Oh, he says, No. The case was nechfefet. The fire is being blown by the winds. Bent fire. Why is Mekel? He says, on a kolacha that goes up, even if you have a little fence, nothing, patur, because it shouldn't go across. If the fire is going up, you don't need anything. Even a kosher is going to be, he looks at it the other way. He's Mekel, Shemuel. Right? Which means, nechfefet, you have the shi'urim of Amishnah. Kolacha, you don't need any shi'ur. Because this is going up, you patur automatically. Tanya kevate de rav. We have a braita to support when do we say our Mishnah that if he had derech l'shub terabim that you're going to be patur bekol achat? Rabbenichfefet ve'etzim mitzuyim la and there was wood on the floor. Afilu ad me'am mil hayav. Even if the l'shub terabim is a hundred mil, you're going to be hayav. Why? Because like we learned, the wind causes the fire to scale the ground or to go across the ground. The ground has this herbage on it, like you said, and the wood it's going to fuel it. Therefore, you're going to be. Oh, that's a brayta that supports lab that nichfefet is chayav avra nahar or shilulit. Say the fire passed the river or shilulit is like a puddle. Would you say? Now what I will explain. Shem rechavim shemona amot patur. So long as the, now we're giving the shul of the river, the river to be patur has to be eight amot. Then it's going to be patur, even on a nichfefet. Because I guess eight amot is already big enough, you don't have to assume that the fire is going to go across. Comes again and says, Derech Arabim. So what do we say if they have to shoot Arabim at 16 amot in between the guy's field and where it damages? He's going to be patur. Man, Tana Amarabah, Rabbi Eliezeri, the Tana Rabbi Eliezeri, Rabbi Eliezeri, Amot, Kederech Reshut Arabim, which means, when it says the shoot to the bibi, it means the regular shoot to the bibi that we know from Shabbat, which is 16 amot wide. If the shoot to the bibi is that, like of Shabbat, indeed you're going to be patur. Comes the and says, O Nahar, Rav Amar Nahar Mamash, Ushmuel Amar Arita Didilae. What does that mean? A trough? And she says, a small yeor, like a stream, so that the immigration ditch, which means one rabbi says it's got to be a river, 
not. Now, a stream that's used for drawing for irrigation, that's right enough to potter the guy uh, from the Nizkeh. says, Now that's less than eight amot. The river we say is eight amot. It's amma by amma. Amma deep and amma wide. So the Hadush of it, it's enough already to be put there. Comes goes, Amanda, Amanda, Mamash, Afal Gavdeleka Maya. Oh, according to the opinion, it says, Nahad Mamash, even if there's no water in it. So the mere size of it would put there. Umanda, Man, Aritad, which is smaller, eat be Maya in, only if there's water in it. Yes, Yavalepe Maya, no, because this is smaller, only it can be put if you actually had water in the uh, 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 irrigation system. Uh, that she says, why? Do even a half, since the Nahar is wide, it's considered like the derech of the Rabim itself. Okay, now the Gibran is just going to explain what uh, this deen of Shilulit is that we discussed above. Not only a river, but who deen a Shilulit. Okay, so the Gibran continues over here. We're learning uh, from the Mishnah. We said that uh, if you have a, uh, a Nahar, separating between the field where you made the fire and where the fire went, so you're going to be patur. So we saw Braita. So the Braita said, Avra Nahar O Shlulit. So the Gemara says, now he's going to teach us uh, the Deen of a Shlulit. We have to see what it is. Tananatam, we learned over there in the Mishnah, in Pe'ah. Ve'elum afsikim the Pe'ah. The following items are considered a hefsek for Pe'ah, meaning you have to leave the corners of your field to the Anim. Now let's say you have an item that separates your field, so now you have to leave a corner of that part, because it separated the field into two. So these are the items that separate the field into two that you would have to leave pe'ah on both sides. And nahal, nahal is a river, vashlulit. Okay, we'll have to see what shlulit is again. Nashi, not yet. V'derech yahid. okay, a private uh, road, they call that derech yahid. they're saying that's four amot wide, v'derech harabim. Okay, the Rechanabim already we know is the Shukta Rabim, which we said is Shish Isra'amah, is 16 uh, Amot. Okay? So Gibran says, My Shilulit. Oh, that's our question. It's a place where rainwater gathers. It's like a puddle. Where the rainwater gathers. She says, It gathers. It's a furrow of water. A matamaim or a stream of water that delivers its uh, goods to its sides, which means it irrigates the fields to the right and to the left of it. So it sounds like this is bigger than a puddle. It's mahalok what a shulit is. The first she tells it's a puddle where the water gathers. Second she tells us no, it's like a stream that overflows to the agape to the right and left sides of it. If that opinion is going to say that even a puddle where the water gathers is able to separate a field, Although also a regular stream. Why the Hanehu? Because those are considered Agne or Bagne. It's considered like the uh, ditches of the earth. Which means that's not really considered a Hepsik. I guess in every field you have, not every field is straight, you have like ditches and furrows, things like that. So that's just called an, you know, like a, like a uh, uh, it's not a straight, uh, but a ditch of a field. But it's not considered a hefsek. But amatamayim would be considered a hefsek. Okay? Now we continue the next Mishnah. Madlik mitoch shelo. So what did a guy do? 
a guy lit a fire in his own uh, property. Which means how much did the delika have to have to cross in order for him to be patur? Which means, I guess if I'm lighting in my field over here, so how far does it have to travel in my field that if it's going to go to somebody else's field, I'm going to be patur? I guess, how much do you have to anticipate a fire is going to travel? To be hayav. Which means, I guess, when a person lights a fire, he's got to anticipate you have a neighbor. So you got to assume, hey, this fire can go next door. So maybe, how far is the distance that you don't have to worry that your fire is going to go from one place to another, and if it still went past that distance, then you're going to be patur. Okay? They're going to be patur. Okay? Because it's, it's an honest. Okay? So that's the Mishnah's question. So again, you always have to assume, hey, if I'm, if I'm right at the border, it's going to jump right over and go to the next guy's field. But let's say I gave this certain distance, what's the shi'ud? So it says, So we look as if he's in the middle of the Betkur. Now she says, Good. So long as he has a half a bet, we look at it as if he's in the middle of a bet kur. So therefore, if he has half a bet kur on either side, that's already sure. And again, in a case where we're talking about where the fire was kolahat, the fire was going up. But if the wind was blowing it, right. So again, we're going to give you the rules like we learned in Amud Rishon. But only on a kolacha, but even a kolacha, the flame that's going up, if it's within a bit kur of the neighbor's field, you got to be honest that it's going to somehow travel. But the fifth is no shiur. Okay, so let's read again. But the ikpet of shorat kamat amor delekar bili azun azayomero imotok ilu beemsa bit kur. So emsa bit kur means so half a kur. Right, that's the shiur. Uh, just to get the uh, bit kur is 270 amma by 270 amma, so half a bit kur be 137 amma. So that's the shiur that you have to have between the uh, where you lit it and where the next guy's field is. Wow, much less. He says already 16 amot. Okay? Right? So if he's more mekil, the first rabbi says you have to go 230. The 137 Amma, he says, no, so long as you went 16 Amma away, you're okay. Rabbi Akiva Omer, 50 Amma, somewhere in between. 50 Amma, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Shalem, Yishalem, Amavir, Tabi'ira, Hakol, Nefiya, Deleka. So Rabbi Shimon learns from the word Habi'ira, that it's all subjective. That it all goes according to the type of fire that it was. There's big fires, there's small fires, all going to be subjective. At this point, we're thinking no matter what. No matter what type of fire it is, I don't care how far it is, every type of fire, shalim yishalim. Whereas the first rabbi is telling you, bit khatsi, bit kud. Second rabbi is telling you, the shuta rabim. Another rabbi is telling you, 50 amma. Right? Are you coming and telling you? No, you always got to pay. Bishimon, Omer, Shalem, Yishem, Vita, Berat, Kol, Fiyad, Deleka. Comes the Quran and says, Vedeta, Rabbi Shimon, Shi'ura, Bedeleka. Why doesn't know the Shi'ur? 
והתנן לא יעמיד אדם תנור בתוך הבית. A person should not put an oven in his house, אלא אם כן יש על גבו גובה דלת אמות. Unless, let's say, from the top of the oven to the ceiling, you have at least four אמות. היה מעמידו בעלייה, let's say you're putting it on the second floor, עד שיתחתיו מעזיבה שלושה טפחים. That you have to have at least the, 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 the ceiling or the, the floor has to be at least three tefahim thick in order again so they're not going to cause a fire on the person downstairs. Ubikira tefah. If it's a kira, which is less hot, then already it's enough to have a tefah. And if he damaged, then he has to pay what he damaged. Look at Ashi for a second. Ashi says, Exactly. The, the neighbors. can tell a guy, we're not going to let you bring an oven into your house, because if you burn your house, then in the olden days, the whole city would burn down. So therefore, there's rules. Okay, you need like to be plastered. Fine. It's not so hot. All you need is a tefah separating. In any event, Bishamon Omer, Lo ne'emlu shi'urin alalu, Ela shi'imezik patur melashalem. The Bishamon Kaldus, this shi'urin that we gave on the oven, how much space you need on top, how much space you need on the bottom, that's only to protect him from uh, paying. That's going to be protect him from paying. But what? That the Bishamon comes along and is holding that what? That you have to be worried about the distance of your fire. There is a shi'ur. Which means when the Bishamon comes along and says that Ela imizik patum mishlam, what does he mean? That if I was careful to put my oven in the right place and it still went out and damaged, I don't have to pay. So you see the Bishamon also has a shi'ur legabed the mazik of ish. So you can't just tell me now Mishnah, the Bishamon says any fire you have on. I don't know, you see clearly in the bright over here that he said that uh, you're going to be patur mishlam. Right? Comes the Gemara and says, "Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Barabu, Hakol Lefi Gova Deleka." How we're relearning what the Bishamon said. It all goes according to the size of the fire. Rashi's Kisha Esh Gevuhav Gedula Kofetzet Lemelachok. That's what he meant in the Mishnah. Not that there's no Shiur. Everything is according to the shoot of the fire. If it's a bigger fire. So therefore, even further, there's going to be a problem. If it's a smaller fire, even closer will be okay. That's what he meant. Not the pshat, when we learned the pshat, we thought, Every fire. No, And therefore, he also agrees to a shiur. He just says it is subjective shiur. Comes and Amar of Yosef, Amar of Yudah, Amar Shemuel, Ha'alakha, Kerabi Shimon, Ha'alakha, Amar of Nehman, Amar Shemuel, Ha'alakha, Okay, that's the halakha. Goes according to the size of the fire. Comes the next Mishnah, Madlik at the Gaddish. Okay, what did the guy do? He lit the Gaddish. What is that? The, uh, the stacks of grain. There was kilim under the stack. Bihuda goes according to Shita. The Tamun is Hayabesh. Just pay for the stack of wheat or the barley. Oh, next case. 
היה גידי כפות לו ועבד סמוך לו. We saw this משנה a few times. Let's see a גידי, a goat, that was attached to the stack. ועבד סמוך לו. And the עבד was next to the stack. ונשרף עמו. And what happened? The עבד got burnt as well as the גידי. Well, חייב, he's going to be חייב on the גידי and on the גידיש. But he's not going to be חייב on the עבד because the עבד should have run away. עבד כפוך לו, גדי סמוך לו, אבל אם העבד היה נתן לסטאק, ונשרף עמו, אז הדין הוא פטור. למה זה יהיה פטור? כי הוא לא אבקים להם בדרבה מיניה. כי הוא קילד את העבד. אז הוא חייב מיטה, וקילד את העבד. ולכן הדין הוא לא צריך לשלם. נשי, היה גדי כפות לו, חייב. לא נשי, אל תשמיד נשי. על הגדי. אוקיי, הוא היה חייב הנגדי, ובעלי חיים נמו ותרבו מאו הקמה. Good, we learned already earlier that not only wheat and barley are you חייב on fire, but anything, even בעלי חיים. ומשום דקימנה בדרבה מיניה, לקל למפטרה, דאינו חייב מיתה לעבד, דאוויל ואינו כפות, היה לא לברוח. Since the עבד wasn't tied to the field, he should have run away. If we cannot blame him. ופטור עליו ממיתה ומתשלומים. אבל היה עבד כפות לו. But if the עבד was tied to the field, פטור אפילו על הגדים ועל הגדיש. It's פטור on all monetary payments. זה חייב מיתה על העבד. דכתיב, נקום ינקם. Which means when you kill an עבד, take revenge. What's the revenge? חייב מיתה. וקים לבד רבה מיניה. ואפילו לא התרו בו שאין לו נהרג. אה, איזה חדוש. You can only get killed if you got a warning. Right? Don't do it. And he said, I'm doing it anyway. Here, nobody warned him. So therefore, is there a kimle bedraba mine in a potential? Here, he's not going to get mita. Because they never warned him when he burnt, made the fire and he killed the Ebed. It's a case that if they warned him, there would have been a mita. So the she'elah is, is there a kimle bedraba mine on a potential? So you have a Rashi says, Ha'kaymalan dechivem mitot shogegim peturin. Which means, yeah, even if you did a Hayyub Mitah, since it's in the category of Hayyub Mitah, you're patur from paying. Furthermore, by, by the Gedi, it doesn't matter whether it was tied or not tied, because the Gedi doesn't have da'at to run away. So you're going to be Hayyab on the Gedi whether it was tied or not. So therefore, we only make a Hayyub tied, not tied to Gedi, the Evid. Okay, good. And someone is saying, Wow. Someone is saying, No. Gedi is the same haluk. That only if the Gedi was samuk, you can be patur on the Gedi because it should have ran away. Okay, like the Evid. And there's one deen, if you actually put the fire on the shore itself, you'll be hayab. But here when you put the fire on the field, according to this opinion, the, shore, the animals should have run away. And since it didn't, so therefore you're going to be patur on it. So it's a machloket, if you say by a gdi, does it have to be attached or not? But everybody agrees. Attached. Not attached, patur on the air because you should have run away and you can be hayav on the mamonot shebo. Good. that say that you are patur on tamun be'esh, they agree with the be'udah, be madlik et abbira. 
You burnt a Megdal, big tower, Shumashalem, Al Kol Mashibetoha. Shekin Derek Ben Adam, Naniyah Bebatim. Because there, it's the normal Derek to put stuff in houses. So they were irresponsible. When do I say you patur in a field? Was that the Derek to put the Kelim in the bottom of the stack? Fine. But in a house? What do you think? People put stuff in the house. That's considered the house. They were going to be Hayah. That's the Shita of Rabbi Yudai's Modeh to Batim. Good. Which means the Pshalat is saying was like this. Ta'awut ha'kamim ha'poter tamun from a Gezat katuv. that's only when you lit an ish in your reshut and it went into somebody else's reshut and it burnt items. They can be patur on uh, items that are in the field. Even on things that you normally put in the field. Like let's say a guy puts his rake or his lawnmower and things like that. Doesn't matter. When it goes from your field to another field, you're patur on tamun. But madlik brishut havero. In the case of here, he lit the guy's house. The difference between a fire that started in your domain, and you didn't watch it, and it just went across. Then you'll be patur on tamun. But when I light the guy's house down, that's not coming from my shoot. That's emanating from the guy's shoot itself, from the, 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 the nizak. Then already we don't have a gizat katub. Therefore the whole fire is considered... Uh, Hayab over there. No gizlet katub on that, and therefore even stuff that's in is going to be Hayab. Okay. Good. So that's the deen in the Mishnah. So again, to be, so we now we're learning a, a very important restriction. This deen of tamun that we learned according to Hachamin as patur is dafka from one field and it jumps into another field. So on patur on tamun, gives it the katuf. That's his hakama, things that are revealed. When a guy goes and burns his friend's house down, that's everything you have, even the stuff that's inside. Okay. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Afkana. Gemara is now going to explain the machloket between the Buddha and the Banan. Amar Afkana machloket be madlik be tochshelo. Like we just said, when you look from your field and it went and carried off to somebody else's field. But lighting directly into the other guy's field, going to be a chayav. Rashi says, that's like you did it mamash biyadayim. One case is my little my feet and it traveled, okay. But to go and mamash light biyadayim on somebody else's property, then I will be hayab even on tamun. Which means, why did you have to jump to a case of Bira? Give the same case, say, when you lit in your field and it went to someone else's, but if you lit directly in the other guy's field, you're going to be 
Hayab, what did you have to jump to a bira case and say no reason? Because it's the derech for people to put uh, stuff in the house. You didn't need to jump to bira. You could have gave the same hidush in the case we're talking about. But made them any that you're going to be patur on tamun when I lit it in my field and I went into somebody else's field and burned tamun. But if I lit it directly in my friend's field, I'll be hayab. What did you have to jump to the case of bira? That's the question that they're asking over here on this uh, on Afghana. Understand? Afghana came along and gave me hiluk. Good. So the mishnah should give me that hiluk. Always, whenever you can keep the case. Uh, contained to a certain scenario that we're talking about, we'd rather than you jump to a case that uh, we never talked about. We're talking about Dafkas de Havero. And it went into somebody else's field, then you patur. Oh, so just say, but if he actually did the other guy's field directly, then he'd be Hayab. Who needs Bira? So he says like this. They're really arguing the Buddha about on two cases. Pelige. So there's two mahlukot. Mahlukot number one is when you light from your own field and it goes into somebody else's field, then Hakamim says you can be patur on all tamun. And the Buddha says you can be hayav on all tamun. That's mahlukot number one. Mahlukot number two is when you actually light directly on your friend's field. The Buddha says you're going to be hayav on tamun, even on stuff that's not normally under the field. For example, a wallet. I agree, in that case, you're going to be only on things that are normally hidden in a field. Kegon, he says, Morigin, uh, that's the uh, the thresher, klibaka, that's the items that the animal uses, and the things like that. So therefore, that's the way we're learning the Mahloket. Look at Rashi, please. Betarte Peligin. Second to the last Rashi, third to the last Rashi. Betarte Peligin. Peligin, but I think we're going to talk about it. Upat li rabbanan afilu that bin begadish. When I'm lighting it in my field and it travels to the next field, I don't care what's in the other guy's field. Even things that are darkan, I'm going to say patur. That's one machloket. Machloket number two, when I actually light in the field itself, the Buddha says, even on a wallet. And Achim said, no, in that case, since you went directly into the guy's field, you're going to be hayab on things that are derech. Very good. Exactly. That's the opinion of the Achimim. Good. Venimsa, meaning the Sevarana. Even the Buddha Achim will say, even if you live in your friend's field, even on items that are direct to put that's a good thing to do. You're patur rak on things that are not the direct to put over there. What's the logic of the Hiluk? So he says to Safot, because uh, we, we, you go, go on, the, on the logic, which means when I'm lighting on my own field, it's a gizrat katuf. Torah says, Kama, only things that are revealed. When I'm lighting in my own field, then it goes travels. So, don't make a haluk. But once already, I'm lighting in my friends, where I don't have a gizrat katuv, 
Now I can start using logic. I'm only going to be hayav hakim yisrael things I could have anticipated that are going to be there. But on a wallet, did I know that guy's wallet is going to be placed in the field? Once already you let me work with sevara, I can make a haluk between derech and non-derech. But if you learn it, it's not the katuv, lo penum. So therefore, according to the hachamim, in a field, when I'm lighting in my field in the travels, it's not the katuv. You're patur atamun. Lo shena wallet, lo shena k'nibaka. I say, hey, when I light in the field, so why don't I have to get the katuf? But now I go with logic. Logic will tell me only things I can anticipate. But things I can anticipate, in the khanami will be patu. And that's what it says later on. But when I light in somebody's house, when my mash, I'm lighting in the house where you have no gizrat uh, katuf at all, and you have to assume that there's going to be things that are in the house, whether it's normal things that are in the house, or now it doesn't matter. Everything in the house, are going to be, there's three cases, there's lighting in the field, your field, Lighting in my friend's field and then lighting the guy's house. And all the three dinim are different. Lighting in my field, I'm patur on every tamun. Lighting in my friend's field, I'm patur on things that shouldn't have been there, not normal. And lighting in the house, I have on everything. We have a brighter. Amadlik et agadish vayubokelim vedalku. I lit the stack. And they were killing in the stack, and they burnt. You have to pay for everything, even the tamun. You pay for wheat or barley. Oh, you look at the place where the kelim were. You hollow it out, and you make believe there was barley over there, and you pay for barley. Or you hollow it out and you make believe it was wheat and you pay for the space ki'ilu it was wheat. Where you lit in your own field and it went across to the neighbors. But if you went into your friend's field directly Oh, so we have to explain that this is talking about Dafka things that are normally in the field, like we just learned to quote the That when you light in your friend's field, you're not going to be Hayam in his wallet to quote the Hakamim. Dafka things. Well, one of the things, for example, is Morigin. I didn't explain to you what Morigin means. As she says in the bottom, Kirashim Nekubim. You have planks of wood that have holes in them. Those are threshing uh, items, I told you. Threshing items. And things like that. Good, so it makes sense. And Rabbi Yudah agrees to the Hachamim. Oh. I give you permission in my place. Come, you can put your stack over here. Oh. And what happened? He made the stack and he put some stuff in there. And then what? The owner of the field did not watch where his uh, fire went. The logic in that is because I did not give you permission for that. Which means I told you you could bring the Gaddish in there. Good. Now you start putting your wallet in there, you put your stuff in there. Now I was a Poshay, I didn't watch my fire. Okay, but I'm Hayab I'm, 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 on what I told you you could put in. But uh, I didn't accept responsibility enough for you to store your stuff in there. So even the Biyuda will say Patur when I gave you permission to put the Gaddish into my property that she says, 
אלא דמי גדיש, אם מבעירו בעל השדה דלא קיבל עליה אלא נתינותה דגדיש. for the hollow out spot as if it was wheat. Because if there was wheat over there, I would have to pay for the wheat. So, why, so what's my logic? Why are you making me pay? No, generally speaking, which is I have to hollow out the kilim. I don't have to pay for the kilim. But my general responsibility is for the wheat that was there. Oh, because I thought the wheat was there. So my intention is to damage. And you were responsible. You, you technically insured the guy. No, no, leave the insurance guy. Regular case. Not that case. I'm going back now. In the regular case where I lit the fire from my field and it went into the other guy's field and it burnt his stack. Am I hayav on kelim? No. But I look at the hollow space where the kelim were as if it was wheat and I got to pay that as well. Okay, so that's what it's saying. Because bottom line says I'm hayav on the wheat. So I'm not going to be patu legamre. Good, mate. You thought it was all wheat. So you have to pay for the... Uh, so that's an interesting point. It's, it's not your patu legamre on tamun. You have to convert it to what the stack was and you have to pay at least for that. She <laughs> <laughs>